Hello, everyone, and welcome to, finally, a new episode of BXP's Bits and Bobs. This one is episode 29, and it's a bit of a special one, because today we've got me, your host, your editor-in-chief, your commander-in-chief. Let's go for commander-in-chief. I feel like a promotion. I'd be better than Trump. Um, so my name's Ben. I'm here hosting this show. We've got Richard Worrell, reviews editor. Evening. 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 Finally, showing up just in the nick of time. We've got Joel Summerfield, home counties editor. Hello. Home counties. Yeah, uh, I've been prepared several times through this. Uh, I started off as just Western counties. Uh, yeah, home counties now. And that voice you may recognise, that is Mark. You may have heard him on our short-lived wrestling podcast, which I put on hiatus because wrestling got really awful. Um, so we, we're kind of we're kind of on the down low on that. But Mark is hanging out with Joel in person. Sorry about that, Joel. And, uh, you know, he's here today as a special guest voice. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yeah, Mark's really reserved. He doesn't talk a lot. He's uh, an introvert, you could say. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's probably not going to say much. You're probably not going to hear him very much. Uh, you know, that might might also just be Joel, the sound of Joel strangling him. You might also hear that. That's possible too. Yeah, so we have been away for about a month. I didn't do a bonus babble last week because there just wasn't that much. And I figured I wanted to save, like, I want to talk about Nintendo Switch with you guys because you guys have got one and I, I'm a recent convert to that platform so we'll get into that uh, a little later on but yeah let's let's have a little catch up in the last month you know we've we've all looking at this list we've all watched a lot of stuff because when you're a 30 something year old guy who has a full-time job generally all you have time for after that job and family is to sit down and watch netflix and that's what we've all been doing um, so richard what have you been watching on netflix in the last month well now you put it like that that puts a downer on my head. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 it's the reality of you know life that's the way it is so yeah. okay let's get into what i've been watching um speaking <laughs> of crap wrestling i watched glow this oh it's so good which is actually good wrestling with women on a tv show so that's good um joel i can see you've been watching that as well on the list mm. and mark everybody's I watched expect, it, I think. has everyone watched it i expect I so. to hate it i'm not sure why um but actually really funny uh, respectful of wrestling, but also knows when to take the piss. Probably goes too far in some jokes, and that's why I love it. Really enjoyed it. What did you guys think? It's got Alison Brie in it. It's going to be perfect. Uh, yeah, <laughs> too, too a goddess out. of a woman who just is awesome in everything I've seen. And, you know, she was brilliant in that. Well, they knew what they were doing. They had her tits out in the first episode. Yeah. So I was like, you know, they, yeah, they know what audience they're trying to capture. And <laughs> They'll hang on in the hopes that they'll see him again, and we never fucking did. So I'll, I'll, I'll never forget for that. You know, I was counting Alison Brie Booth's appearance. We only got one. It was still worth it. So worth so, it. So worth it. Yeah, it was. I, I watched it with my wife. It was really good. She really enjoyed it as well. I, the character Sam, I just absolutely loved. <laughs> yeah, Sam's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just... absolutely brilliant the whole time. Just like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed it. We, we we sort of watched a couple of episodes, and then it was so good. We virtually just ended up binge watching the whole yeah. thing to the end. I enjoyed um, the fact yeah. um, about the binge watching. The fact it was only half an hour, twenty five yeah. minutes to half an hour. Yeah. When yeah. most TV shows are like, oh no, we've got to be really long. All TV shows got to be like an hour. But I'm really enjoying the throwback to the 25 minutes, half an hour episode. It feels quicker. It feels like the story moves along. Mm. It feels like things actually happen without being dragged out for let's all sit around a dinner table and watch us eating a meal for one fucking episode, Breaking Bad. Mm. And, you know. 
Yeah. Should, if you think that's bad, you should check out Twin Peaks new season. Oh my god! I think I watched a, a static camera shot of a bar for about twenty minutes. <laughs> Just because you know you're that director, uh, Fincher. No, yeah, yeah. Help me out, Twin All Peaks right. director. Anyone? Lynch. Anyone? Lynch. Just because you're Lynch doesn't mean you can just make shit and call it gold. That's that that that's not how it works. But anyway, uh, I I binge watched something I didn't put on the list actually, but um, it's one a bit of a marmite show, and I don't I wonder how many of you guys have actually seen it. But I I absolutely adore it. Um, Wet Hot American Summer season two. Uh, I watched the whole thing in one go with the wife. Have you guys ever watched any of the wet, the film or the first TV series or anything for Wet Hot American you Summer? Introduce me to it. There's a second mm. season. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's ten years later. The, oh, I thought that was the old one. No, well, <laughs> it's 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 confusing the timeline. Like the film is is set at this one point. The first season is set just prior to the point of the film, and then the second season is set ten years after the film. Oh shit! Right, yeah, the whole timeline thing. Well, because the actors are like 20 years older than they're supposed to be yes. acting, it gets yes. very confusing. I'll have to watch that then. Yeah, it, it continues the absurdist, chaotic, barely legible comedy thing about it. It is just the craziest. I won't spoil it, but one character they couldn't get back right for the show. So they recast him. And the recast, the explanation as to why he looks different is he had a nose job in the intervening 10 years. And nobody, nobody even acknowledges that it's a completely different guy. And it's really <laughs> funny. It's really funny. Uh, there's just so much of that. And then, of course, there's the we get more of the talking can. Yeah. Which just what is this? It's com- uh, uh, Mark, Joel, have neither of you seen any Wet Hot American Summer? No, 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 not at all. You, right, you, you're hanging out, right, like in the next few days, yeah? Get the beers in, get the junk food in, watch the movie, then season one and then season two. Because even though that's not the chronological order, it, it makes it funnier that it's all fucked up in the ordering. Um, and I, I highly recommend it. Just give yourself over to the complete bonkers world. And it's full of big celebrity actors and like um, comedic actors that you'll now know who have become famous. Because when they made the first film, they made it before they were anybody's. And then the fact that they went back and made the first series, which is set before the film, like 20 years later, and then they're acting like they're younger than they are in the film. It is <laughs> completely insane. And yet it's wonderful. Like, it's but, joyous. But Ben, our it's time is going to be taken up with completing Borderlands for the, like, 27th time. You won't regret it. It's my recommendation to you. <laughs> if you're growing out over the next few days, like, that is my top recommendation. It's so mental. It's so much fun. Seconded. It is yeah. funny. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, what else have we done? You guys saw Dunkirk. I didn't because I can't stand Christopher Nolan. Yes, what? Five fucking five, man. All the way. Mm. What's wrong with you people? High fives, high fives. Uh, uh, he's a self-indulgent director who doesn't know how to treat actors and get any performances out of them. And, and he's overrated and... So overrated. Yeah, just got his head up his own arse a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that. it's good, though. I've heard it's good. I challenge both of you to actually... This is very different to anything I've seen that he's done before. This is very... Very powerful. It's very artistic. There's not much dialogue right. in the film at all. Um, it's very visual. Um, feels so. I went to see it. Um, I, I splashed out big style, and I went to the, the the BFI IMAX in London, which is like the best cinema I know of in the UK. I think it's the biggest screen or the second biggest screen in the UK. Um, and it was a proper seventy mil showing of the film. It was freaking incredible. Like it was just so immersive. Some of the scenes, some of the dog fighting scenes and things were just 
amazing to watch. I was just engrossed from start to finish. I loved it. Um, and it felt kind of as a war film. It wasn't very, it, I wouldn't say it was very dramatic. It was very serious and just felt very real. The whole, the whole thing. Like, uh, yeah, I thought it was incredible. I, I really, I rarely come out of the cinema and think, wow, that's, that's a film I'd love to go and see kind of again. But yeah, definitely left with that kind of feeling. I don't know if Richard felt any different. I'd want to see it again. The uh, the things that I took away from it, one, the soundtrack, which just mm. starts off um, like this ticking watch and just ratchets up for the entire movie, building suspense and tension. It never lets go. It's just constant. Um, the soundtrack is just incredible for that. The um, artistic direction, everything in this movie is real. You won't see um, like CGI dogfights or any of that shit. These are real spitfires in the air. And because of that, there's probably less on screen. But because it's real, it just has way more impact than any of these fancy modern shots that you'd have with cameras rotating around a plane or going inside the cockpit and zooming out again. You don't get any of that nonsense. You just get... Um, real shots and it it just feels so incredible unlike anything that you've seen in contemporary cinema and um, just character wise the way that um, everything feels quite subdued um, and sort of matter of fact everyone's going about what they need to do and that it, it doesn't feel overacted or um, it doesn't feel cold which is a common um, perception of Nolan films it has that balance right in the middle it's as strong as i I can remember a film being without being sort of brash and over the top Uh, this is i was really impressed this is why i am kind of interested to see it because it sounds almost like nolan's taken on a bunch of notes about how he can't get performances out of character out of actors and therefore he's not asking them to give any performances which i think is is yeah that's uh i mean mark as an actor is you know where where are you where do you come out christopher nolan i don't really like anything he's done like um can't really say anything about performances because of the performances that he gets out in the films i mean i enjoyed uh leo's in inception i didn't think the acting was awful in inception i thought the acting in the dark knight trilogy was oh painful in places uh like michael Caine in the last film was just agonizing to watch. Uh, don't know. I haven't really thought of him as a director like that, in all honesty. I just, I can't, I mean, the worst one of my examples of it is like the two note performance from McConaughey in Interstellar. It's just like, he just, he's either, he's either stoic or crying throughout that entire film. And it's just like, is that acting? I, I don't, I don't, Mark, is it? I don't know. Don't I was know. also, <laughs> no, no. Anyway. Should we move on? Should we move on? This is a different film. Um, it's, it, it is. It's in it's in space a lot less. It's quite a lot different to being in space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just one, one last point. Half, quite you, don't, you don't see any Nazis in it. It's really weird. Like from beginning to end, you don't see any bad guys. It's just all Allied soldiers. And I just thought well, that's that's a really weird. Yeah, um, it didn't really hit me till the end, and I thought, "Hang on, I, I, I didn't see anybody in this apart from like our own guys suffering forever." And, um, oh, that sounds fun. I'm going to check that out this weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, I, I think, I, I, I'll be honest. The temptation here is for us four to 
catch up and chat like a bunch of mates and call it a podcast for the next hour. But we should probably do what this podcast is ostensibly meant to do, which is to talk about video games, because we've got a whole shit ton of those as well. Because I ironically titled this episode The Summer Drought, because I don't really think that happens anymore, it would seem. I mean, it slows down a little bit in the AAA space, but I've played a shit ton of games in the last month or so. Um, so, I mean, like, I think we should probably get into games. So if anybody, and unless anybody has anything else they really wanted to, I mean, I know we've got a bunch of stuff on this list uh, and I want to just a quick shout out to the Ready Player One trailer, which blew me away from San Diego Comic-Con and I can't wait for that film next year um, because it's game related. So that's not my excuse. But unless anybody else wants to, uh, to just I, catch up. Can I just say one thing about the you San Diego Comic-Con uh, trailers? Yeah. I still want to say it. I said it before we started. Justice League looks shit. <laughs> about that trailer upset me we're looking at it it looked like cheap cgi cheap performances it just looked like someone defecated into a frying pan and then served it up on a plate yep <laughs> ain't arguing with that for real bad yeah real real bad right richard have you had the pleasure yet <laughs> the pleasure of um you had it just now <laughs> mm, i'm having it right now um <laughs> we need to leave of, you guys alone of experiencing the new xbox xbox dashboard in the alpha ring for preview members right no now. i have not it's updated twice this week and i can't see what's changed so You've obviously got something different to me. You've got the proper spangly new one that you. I it's. You I'm not just. I'm not just alpha. I'm alpha extra. Like I am in the. Oh. the I am in the Bill Gates best friend ring. Oh yeah, you know it. Uh, no, no, I don't know why I've got it. I, I always seem to get them first. I, I do do a lot of feedback in the Insider app and and actually do give them feedback. So maybe it's something to do with that. Uh, but it's shit. Like it's really fucking awful. I mean, have you guys have you guys seen video at least of it or anything like? Because. Man, it's it. a bad use it of It looks effects. good. What are you talking about? How? It looks good to me. <laughs> it's like they've they've just like I understand why they've done it. Um, it, it's to do with the speed of of the op- the dashboard, the operating system on the Xbox One, and they're trying to improve the snappiness, the responsiveness by trying to show less information up front by hiding things behind multiple button presses. You don't have to try and load everything in from the very start. So that makes a sense. sort of overview of what they've changed then, because I haven't well, looked in detail. But the, the, the guide, the, the snap guide to the left of the screen, that comes in and it's all filtered in a different way now, right? Yeah, it's, it's instead of the top down, top to bottom tabs, it's left to right. So you now move through the tabs uh, horizontally instead of vertically. Um, and then they've just buried things. Um, it basically has like this tab view now, where you you open something and it will layer it over, and then they open it and layer, 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 layer like that. Um, and in addition to that, the big difference is the home screen is now customizable. So you can do this thing where you've got you can have your pins, you can have anything on it you want. I can go to a, my friends list and pin you, you three guys. I can pin you all individually, your gamer tags to my home screen, so I can see what you've been playing, what your most recent achievements are. And I can look at that if I want and I can have my pins on there. I can have a game page on there for a game I'm really following and I'm playing a lot at the moment. So you can you can do all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, the community page has also been changed a lot, which now looks like a cluttered clusterfuck of confusing bullshit, which is brilliant. I know it's really early and that's what they keep saying. It's early. They're going to tweak things. It just the main problem with the home screen is that first page you look at is such a poor use of the real estate. It's like the top third of the screen is just taken up with the title of the last thing you had on. Yeah. So it, it could be, you know, it just says the game. It's not even a graphic for the game, you know, or, or the app. And it's just so 
boring and uninspired. And then under that, you've got um, your three re most recent open things. And then the next to that are two adverts. And that's basically the first screen you see. Uh, and then you page down to see the pin things I was mentioning uh, and, you, and whatever else you've customized onto the home screen. And it, the, the guide is fine. The way the guide works is fine. It is quicker. It is snappier. It is more responsive. But it's just, it feels like everything is now behind two more button presses, obfuscated behind two more, you know, directional or, or movement, you know, around the, around the screen. And I know, Joel, you work in uh, IT and software and stuff. And I think I'd be really interested when you get hands on this uh, as to your thoughts of it, because I think it's a step back. And it's the first time I've thought that, actually, um, since one of these dashboards has come out since release. I do feel like this is... I mean, maybe it's just really early. They're going to do loads of tweaks and they're going to make improvements. That's my thing. My fingers are crossed for that. But right now, it, it feels mm, really poor. Like, really, really yeah. poor. It was only a couple of months ago they refreshed it anyway, right? So mm -hmm. I must admit, when I first saw in the press that they had a new one coming, it kind of blindsided me a bit as like, whoa. Like, like the only thing I've not done is similar to Richard is I... I, I Read a, I've read articles and headlines that state a new one's coming. I've just not looked at the detail of what it does or what it is. Um, it's a step towards this new Fluent Design um, OS thing they're doing across Windows 10 uh, and Xbox and all the platforms. Um, and, and it obviously moving towards how they're going to be using things on the One X uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to just harp on it now, but I, was, I figured because Richard put it on the show notes, I thought maybe he'd actually experienced it, but. I no, so. I wanted to hear more about it because you've got it. So I was yeah. interested on okay, why, that is. why you thought it was shit. Did well, there you go. They brought in, um, uh, what is it, like TV and snapping stuff as well. Have no. They brought back picture in picture nope. or anything? Mm. They keep saying they're going to, but they have not done that yet. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to have a proper picture-in-picture picture option as well, you know, something I can pick where it is on the screen and, and stuff like that. I've kind of missed Snap Mode a little bit. I did use it occasionally, and I think it's weird that you take out such an interesting feature that sets it apart from other consoles. Um, but, yeah, sadly, they, they have done that. Um, in other Xbox-related news, have any of you guys had a chance to check out the Creators Collection? No. Do you guys know what that is? Shall I tell you? You can tell you. something about... Um direct from the creators published games isn't it so no curation yeah. from it. so they're about to shutter idea xbox on the 360 and this is kind of the replacement for that concept the idea that anybody can put out a game using this program and it, it won't have achievements and it can't be online but you can basically release a game charge what you want for it make it free and there'll be no curation there'll be no you know, Microsoft telling you that doesn't fit their current release schedule, their current ecosystem plans, and it will go up in this creative collection, which is a separate little header in the store and in and the store on Windows 10 as well. These are all uh, universal apps. And uh, yeah, there's there's a whole there's about, I don't know, 10, 12 games like that up there right now. Um, I've played a couple of the free ones and, you know, that there, there's some variety in there. Um, much if you remember the idea Xbox program, you'll get everything from brilliantly fun games like um what was that one figure death punch or something like that do you remember that awesome game awesome game idea xbox oh, game and then you'll get uh put your control between your legs here is a sexual orgasm stimulator game um so you know <laughs> Ben's played that game a lot you can tell you can tell <laughs> all the time that's why i miss my 360 you're playing it right now right <laughs> like like i said all the time you know it's the only way to live um so, yeah, I think that's cool that they're bringing back that kind of thing. It's a shame that it's not going to have achievements uh, or multiplayer. But 
I can understand why, because that would affect their ecosystem more and require uh, more actual sort of hands-on monitoring from Microsoft themselves. And the whole point with this is them just sort of going, yeah, do what you want. I dig that. That's cool. Yeah. Same as their indie program back on 360 then, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly the same. Oh, I kept calling it Idea Xbox then, didn't I? I apologize. That's the wrong name. It was Xbox Live Indie Games or something like that, wasn't it? Idea Xbox is the current independent games publishing arm on Xbox One. Too many stupid fucking names. Ben, none of us wanted to correct you. We didn't want to, to make you look stupid on your own show. Um, we thought that would be really mean, so we just you know, kept quiet at that point. That's fine. That's fine. Because Mark, you had you had a total clue as to what the fuck I was talking about, didn't you? You, you knew exactly. <laughs> Actually, I did. <laughs> you had your phone in your uh, your hand. And you were texting Mikey Barra at Xbox, going, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy, <laughs> Phil, Phil Spencer? Get round his house and sort him out." Yeah, really? He's Phil. not on message. <laughs> He's not on fucking message. You were very angry. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the news that I've got. I, have you guys got anything you wanted to throw out from the last month? It has been quiet over the last few months, but a few weeks for, for news. So I didn't really have a lot. Nothing on video games, really. I've, no. I've been away for most of it. <laughs> well, I can tell you for a fact that you know, video games may not matter soon because we might all be dead under a mushroom cloud. So there, there is that. North Korea, right? Oh, yeah. the, the, yeah, the, 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 who's got the biggest willy war that's going on between Trump and... It's not Trump. Trump will never have the biggest willy. That much is very clear from his haircut. I don't know. He is a big willy. Full stop. True. He is like a talking phallus. Move away from politics. For you know, don't want to scare away your listeners. Oh, we talk about politics on this podcast all the time, don't we, Richard? <laughs> Let's be honest. No way, man. It is all the time. Conversation. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm surprised. Trump has at least mentioned at least once in every podcast. I think. Pretty I've, much. He's, yeah. yeah. It usually comes up. It's hard. It's hard to ignore the the world because video games are kind of like a reflection of the society we live in to a degree, aren't they? Um, so you know, games trends change. You know, in reflection to societal changes. So it's all connected. That's what I'm gonna use as an excuse. Thank plus, you. plus beer. So fuck you all. Mm. <laughs> I was just in the world and your classiness when we used to podcast together. Like, then we'd just be making fart and shit jokes. Now you're actually talking politics. I just used to, we just used to dramatically read fan fiction, which I think was the best thing we ever came up with as a, as a, as a bit. <laughs> that was, that was, those, we should bring that back. I should look up video game fan fiction and we should like do a dramatic reading, guys. That would be fun. Well, you know, um, as a famous actor, I'm quite happy to come in. Exactly. <laughs> as a movie star, you, yeah. could, you could do that shit, Mark. Yeah, damn right. Um, I think we should talk about some of the games we've been playing. So, what do you guys think? Do you think about? Do you think it's time for that? I know Richard should talk about this PSVR game that he he went and sought it out. He sought it out himself, and then really enjoyed it, which is always it rewarding. Is. Because half the time I do that, it's a pile of shit. <laughs> so, um, please tell us about Tiny Tracks, Rich. Tiny Tracks is a racing game. It's kind of like a slot car racing scale electrics simulator in PlayStation VR. Um, the reason I was interested in it is because it's from the guys at Future Lab who did Velocity and Velocity 2X, which are two of my favorite PlayStation games of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Velocity 2X is just almost perfect as a video game. Um, so seeing this new release from Future Lab, I was like, yep, I'm in didn't matter what it was i just wanted to play it um it's quite a lot different to what they've done before 
and as a VR game, your, your initial reaction is, well, I'm not sure why this needs to be in VR as a scale electric game. It could quite easily work on a regular TV. Um, but your initial view when you look down uh, in a sort of VR perspective down on this track, um, it doesn't feel like much else that I've played in VR. VR usually is all about making the world feel bigger and you are being immersed within that. This is much more about you feeling like a giant over this tiny track. Well, hence the name, I guess. And um, it's primarily a multiplayer game. It's a four-player racer, and it's got fairly simple controls. You've just got a button to switch between two different tracks, um, an accelerate button, uh, you've got a boost, and you can turn round corners. Now, that's the crux of this game. Obviously, because it's on tracks it's on rails there is no real turning involved but what tiny tracks does it makes you um, sort of lean into corners to get the best speed coming out of them and this is done with a little radial um, measure as you turn the corner you've got to hold the analog stick in just the right way to get the um, radial filled up just enough if you do it too much then you stall if you don't do it enough, then you're not going to get any benefit from the turn. And if you get it spot on, then that increases your boost um, for when you get out into the straight. So it's a really clever, simple system, quite hard to get to grips with. But once you master it, it feels really good. Um, when I played it, it was incredibly hard to get anywhere in the single player stuff. Um I think they have patched it since, so that should be a bit more manageable. But where this game finds its home is in multiplayer online. And hopefully if you've got any friends with VR, um, that is a challenge. But if you can manage to get anybody online to play this, it's a really fun little party game. Just, um, you know, just three or f three minute races or something like that. And you just want to carry on going and going. It's really good fun. Joel, you picked, you got it as well, didn't you? I got you a copy. Yeah, Richard, Richard finally gave me a copy. I haven't had a chance to try it though. That's the sad thing. You literally, I got, you gave me the copy code about like a day and a half, I think, before I was going on holiday, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't had a chance to try it yet. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when I get home uh, in a week or so or so's time, uh, giving it a try, and uh, yeah, it, you know, playing some multiplayer as well. If that's what you think the main part of the game is, we'll have to get together and give it a go. Yeah, You'll, you can probably beat me because you all have like played it and practiced. Like, yeah, I am good now. Awesome, and I'll be rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll use that as a segue then, because it, from one <laughs> racing game to a to another game involving uh, cars. There you go. Um, I'm, I've got a super early copy uh, on Xbox One, though it's been out on other platforms of um, Absolute Drift Zen Edition. I think that's on PS4. Richard, you may have seen this game. It's like a super stylish um drifting game it's not about it's not about like racing to win in this game it's about you know you in these like courses in an open world environment as well actually drifting mm -hmm. to like score points and to um complete challenges the reason i mentioned it to you richard it's got a soundtrack i think you'd absolutely adore like oh, some yeah. proper electronica and like and it's also super chill the whole aesthetic of it is this minimalist white world with like almost like a um, mirror's edge red color kind of like spotted throughout it and, and you know you're drifting through it and just trying to get the perfect line we're listening to the banging tunes and it's ah. it's really chill and yet when you get into that zen place with it 
yeah. the name is apt when you get there you, you feel like a fucking god because it leaves these drifting marks like the skid marks for all four of your tires around the world as you go for quite a while actually before it starts to obviously you know deal with system um, load issues and like start to remove them and and it looks just so cool and you can see everything all the cool stuff you've done and uh, it's a cool it's a little indie game you know it's coming out on xbox one towards the end of this month um but i've been really enjoying it so far you'll have a full review for that um around release that's my plan for that and that's that's really cool sadly i'm playing another game right now pre-release um that i'm not allowed to talk about until next tuesday so that'll have to be on the next podcast uh, i just thought i'd drop that in because get me i'm cool uh so there you go just thought i'd just leave that can you can anyone does anybody want to guess what game's out next week that i can't talk about uh you guys suck nobody wants to make me feel awesome i really need that that's going to do the lines of mr pumpkin's adventure too but... <laughs> <laughs> you know what joel you bring that up so often i want some fucking content about that game now <laughs> you put yourself in that position i'm still holding it back for richard's birthday <laughs> no i want some content you drop yourself in it on t- two concurrent shows i believe so you need to you need to get me a review Um, if there's enough audience demand so if you're desperate to see some more content about mr pumpkin and this adventure just drop us a letter or an email or you know a comment you know what i'm never gonna i'm never gonna i'm never gonna play this game i'm a member of staff i'm not a member of staff i demand or associate i will then i will then i will do something about it Okay. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna play this game, but I'm gonna write fan fiction about it, and you'll have to read it out on the next podcast if you don't do a review. How about that, it'd be really interesting actually, just to see what people with that, just with the title, Mr. Pumpkin's Adventure. Now go, like, fan I feel like there's some real scope there. There's there lots, are no- lots of options. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm just looking at Joel's Joel's games, and I, I think the one thing that they've got in common is the overuse of a colon, which I think is quite amusing. Mm. That he's got two games which are colonified made that one up sounds plausible doesn't it um so from from pumpkins to boxes yeah this so. is uh so uh this is a game called unbox newbies adventure um and literally just it is a game about a world of populated by cardboard boxes <laughs> i wish it's when i first started it i was just like eh really <laughs> like uh, and you play the the role of a cardboard box called newbie uh, even though the game asks you at the very start to input your name, uh, it's, you're still referred to throughout the entire game as newbie, which made me kind of laugh. Um, yeah, you play the. It's kind of like a, a, a 3D platforming adventure game kind of thing. You visit worlds. It's a collectathon. You've got loads of stuff you need to collect. You go and speak to people. Uh, you get very simple missions, which are normally like get to the other side of the world in this amount of time, or complete these races, or laps, or destroy all the enemies in this village in a certain time limit and things. Um, it's most interesting mechanic is that you are this little box, right? And moving around, you literally roll yourself forward. So you push the joystick and you roll. But as you can imagine, it's like, you know, rolling a 50p. Uh, you sort of, you know, you jit and you jutter and you, you know, depending on which edge you land on and stuff. So the movement's kind of, it, at first I was just like, right, this is really strange. But it just, it kind of grew on me as, as you know, making kind of simple parts of the game are just a little bit more challenging like rolling along a pier or something straight isn't necessarily so easy um and then to compensate for the frustration that you'd probably suffer from on some of the tighter platforming areas of the game you have this ability to unbox which is literally um you uh, imagine sort of a pass the parcel style box you you rip off your outer layer and in doing so it, it gives you a big jump boost so it kind of acts like a double triple you know quadruple jump and it's, it's limited by your health um and this allows you to 
basically jump vast distances in the game. So you can you can you know cross huge oceans. Um, and the worlds are pretty. They're pretty big. They're they're sort of large sort of separate islands there'll be like uh you know there's a snowy level where you are set up in the mountains so you don't you know and there's ski lifts that connect things and stuff so if you fall down you fall into the fog and you die um and there's beach one where you fall into the water and you die and there's a kind of jungle one and so they're, they're some of the you know the levels are quite vertical they're quite horizontal they're huge there's lots to do um i found the game i enjoyed the movement mechanics and some of the missions you had to do with the tighter platforming sections i actually found quite challenging and and, and quite fun um, what I did wear on me a bit was that uh, kind of every level is cut from the same template. You, there are certain other boxes you go to talk to, and you always get the same missions. Like one will just give you free races to do, another one will give you like, oh, the village has been overtaken, so can you go in there and destroy the enemies for me? Um, and yeah, it, it it doesn't really develop. You get all of this from the start. Every every ability you have from the start, and it's literally just a collective on. Um, it doesn't really evolve, and then just kind of polish it off there is a kind of hub world but you never really need to go to it and there's no kind of overarching plot or development of a plot that stitches the whole game together so you know i i found it okay i i, I gave it a three out of ten uh, uh sorry a three out of five um i i found it quite fun i found the the challenging of the box movement and things but ultimately the game is 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 pretty average hence my my kind of three out of um three out of five for it so if you're into platforming collectathons, um, yeah, uh, maybe you might want to take a look. <laughs> That's a... All, all the way through that, I'm thinking, did you play ukulele by mistake? Because I haven't yet. That, that, that's on, <laughs> on the agenda for, um, if you remember, I've been talking about my, my long-term childhood friend, Mark, who, just to prove he's a real guy, is here. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, yeah, the, hopefully, uh, if I can uh, fix up his PC tomorrow, we're going to be uh, giving it a jam and trying it out for the first time. I've been holding it in reserve. To, a, a lot uh, of that sounds very familiar. Characters that give you the same subquests, maps that just kind of repeat the same activities, a hub world that you don't really want to be in. Wait, wait, are we talking about Mass Effect Andromeda? <laughs> <laughs> Retroactive burn. <laughs> so, yeah, no, to me... When I I always like see Black Banjo Kazooie to me as always kind of the pinnacle of those type of games where it had a a good overarching narrative. The game developed by, via your moves and, and and sort of so it, every every new level you'd have a couple more moves to kind of learn and master and stuff. So although the gameplay it, it, you didn't really you know the missions were kind of similar, you'd always go something do something. There there was some development in the game and the way the narrative played out along with the comedy aspect, I thought was very well done. The whole game was kind of stitched together very well. Um, yeah, whereas this doesn't have any of that. It's literally just from the start, you have A-level. Uh, here are your abilities, which are quite limited in a sense. You can roll around, you can jump, and uh, and occasionally you can pick up these like firework boxes and, and shoot fireworks. And, and that's about the crux of it. And then you just travel to these free worlds um, and, yeah, just complete the missions to get stamped. Um, so one example is, like, um, as you go through the three levels, you have to collect more stamps, obviously, to unlock the final boss fight in each level. Um, but the stamps you collect in one level don't are not cumulative for the stamps you collect in another. So as you get to the final level and it's like you need to collect sort of 16 stamps, going back and completing some missions that you missed in the first levels has no bearing on advancing you towards the boss in the last. You have to get 16 stamps in that last level, which is... Bullshit. I, I, That's yeah. breaking the rules of collector-thons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, because uh, at first I completed enough missions there that I thought I would rather than go look for these hidden stamps, I would go back and and um, 
you know, go back and do some of the simple emissions that I'd missed. And then when I came back, yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> like that's, yeah, rubbish. Like, uh, so it has some kind of, that's not great. Uh, like I say, it would have been better just to stage it as three separate levels that play out linearly. Um, Rather than trying, it's it's almost like they thought about doing a lot of these things, but just didn't have time to finish them off, or they cut them from the final game for various other reasons. Talking of things, though, about their uh, their character design as well. I mean, looking at this guy, he's basically Meat Boy, isn't he? Made out of cardboard. (laughs) You can (laughs) in the fact that they're square. You can tart yourself up. You can like with black eyes and a mouth. It's Meat Boy. No, no, that's just the way you can. You can you, at first you start off as a generic cardboard box, and you're the, in each world oh, you're there are kind of bathroom places where you can go and change your color. You can slap some faces on some hats and funny other accessories and stuff. So I think if you're looking at the screenshots I take, yeah, I just ended up starting them up to look a bit like Meat Boy and then carried on. So that's just what <laughs> I did. But um, yeah, I did. I, I thought I'd try the costumes out, kind of thinking that they may give you different properties or something like that, but they don't. They're just cosmetic items. So talking of things that are like tying up and taking on the town, Mark, have you been playing anything in the last couple of weeks? You know what I've been playing? I've been playing like one mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah, I've been hooked on uh, Marvel Heroes Omega, which yesterday I just got my fourth character to level 60. Oh, bloody hell, man. You're fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. You're like a freemium addict at this point. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? At saying that, we, we've all really enjoyed that game. Uh, Richard, have you given it a go yet? No, I've got it oh, downloaded. I've played it. Uh, it's a good laugh, man. It's a good laugh. It, it's really, really good fun. I'll give you loads and loads of hints and tips now. Like, I've. Well, Mark's the <laughs> expert now. Like, I've even started doing the crafting side of things in the game. Started crafting equipment and items. I need to give it a go. It's on my Xbox. I'll give it a go soon. Well, I feel like we can't talk about Marvel Heroes Omega again because we'll just come across like the shills that we are. So we probably should just move on from that. Before I talk about a couple more games that I've actually reviewed, I wanted to touch upon the two big indie releases from two of my favorite developers that have come out in the last few weeks, which was Pyre by Supergiant Games and Tacoma by the Fulbright Company. And I've played both of those extensively, not for review, just for fun, because I bought them and I because I love those developers. Um, which ones would you like me to talk about first, boys? Pyre. Uh, Pyre. Pyre. Joel said Pyre first, so I'm going to talk about Pyre. <laughs> I just felt like being annoying. So Pyre, have, you, have any of you guys played any Pyre yet? Like, because I'm going to have some fun trying to explain what the fuck this game is. No, no, but I have um, no. I have listened to a lot of other people's opinions on the game so far. So okay. I, I know a little bit about All it. Right. So, so Pyre is this absolutely gorgeous, visually sumptuous, beautiful. Oh, the colors just like it's so bright. It's so wonderfully designed. It looks amazing. Visual novel that also has a fantasy invented sports game within it and that's where you do most of the gameplay so that's a visual novel with a game that plays a bit like madden cross with nba okay yeah weird yeah Yeah. are we we all like well that's a new genre um because i would i it's very strange um however it's so well written the characters are so intricate the uh relationships you really care about this the visual novel side of things you know visual novels aren't inherently bad they're just not much of a game so i guess it's almost like the one developer was like at Supergiant, I have this amazing idea for like a, a visual novel. This is a fantastic idea. And the other developer was like, yeah, that's really good, Greg. However, we kind of need to put a game in there 
so how about this sports thing I was working on? Okay, let's try it. Turns out fucking amazing. Um, and, th- and this sports game is this like, it's really hard. It's like a bit like netball, which is so quintessentially English that, which is why I think most people aren't referring to it when they talk about it. Cause most of the outlets are American and netball. So you, the idea that you can only move one player at a time and they're the one holding the ball, right. Or the orb. So there's like, Oh, is it the other way around in netball? That's the it's not, yeah. it's the other way around in netball. But it still reminded me of netball. What sport does this? I don't think any actual sport maybe does this. I don't know. Um, but the inv- it's the inverse of netball. You can tell I didn't play a lot of netball because guess what? I'm a boy, and when I grew up, only girls were allowed to play netball. You like, so I didn't have a lot of actual. Yeah, like the only one person can move at a time. Now that's future, you've got to like flick it into the ball. Haven't you? I can't reach really, yeah, yeah, but you only get one person moving. Can you think of any real life sport analogs? I can't. Where you can only move with the ball. It's a beauty of a sport, man. Yeah, that's real life sport <laughs> with flicking. It's more legitimate than esports. I'll give you that. Um, but you know, no. So the, the, it, ah, it's so hard to describe. I, you need to watch videos. You need to just check it out because you're passing the ball you have to sort of dunk it in the opponent's sort of net portal thing it has a point they had to start with 100 points you take the points off it's it's kind of besides the point that the sport is actually a lot of fun because the world is that they've been created here by Supergiant is so much so unique and engaging and brilliant the writing and that's what takes me to Supergiant guess what the music is fantastic because they've never made a game that didn't sound brilliant um the only thing is excellent he just mind-blowing the only downside i had about that richard and i actually mentioned it in a um a bonus babble i did when i was talking about this game is that the voiceover you know that you remember from transistor and and bastion the amazing voice acting yeah there's all these fantastic characters in pyre and that got me so excited i was like oh my god what are they going to do lots of different voices is it going to be like one guy doing you know multiple interpretations no it's just text and oh, that was no. a bit of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, you're, don't, don't, it's still really well written, Richard. And then there's an announcer slash godlike presence over the sport element, which is where where the VO comes in. However, all of that dialogue between all the characters, it is just text on a screen, and that's and that from is else, that a little bit. Fine, but from Super yeah. Giant, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? It's a bit upsetting. It is that's, a little bit upsetting. That's where they because... made their name with that. However, this this game is such a massive departure from anything they've done before. I mean, it's so inventive, so creative, like so brave to try something so different. You know, you could have done a Bastion 2 like that and sold five million copies in five minutes. Like they 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 could have done that, but they'll never they'll never do that. This developer, I get the impression they want to try and create new experiences, and that's what we have here with Pi. It's completely unique. Nothing else exists like it, and purely for that reason. I would give it a five stars if I was reviewing it because I love the bravery on display here. And it's just sort of awesome as well that it's amazingly well-written, beautiful to look at, and the actual gameplay is fantastic. So win, 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 win on Pyre. And sadly, that brings me to Tacoma. As a fan of Gone Home and one a person who would have called that his game of the year that year that that released, um, I guess i got to say I'm pretty disappointed in Tacoma. Um, oh, no. Which is a real... Which is hard for me to do. It's not quite as hard for me as it was with Mass Effect Andromeda to give that the three stars I gave it and to be critical about that. But Tacoma is a bit of a letdown. I mean, it, it's a cool idea. It's a space stationing. It's a sci-fi setting. I don't want to spoil the plot because all of this game is is the characters and the story. So there's nothing else really to it. Um, you're moving around the space station. You're investigating what's happened on it. The characters are fine. Uh, I quite enjoyed 
finding out about and finding out about the world. However, the gameplay conceit of you're basically interacting with these characters through this sort of augmented reality recording system that the AI has set up. So you can like, you can watch a scene play out in front of you and you can rewind it and watch it from different angles and investigate different uh, elements of it. I found after the first maybe once or twice doing that, that I just found it annoying. I'd rather just sit there and have just watched and got all the information I needed almost. And I guess you could just play the game like that, but I wanted to get the most out of it. So I was poking around and investigating and, and playing it back from multiple point of views and, and all this stuff. And, and quick question. Yeah. Thing about the playing it back sort of thing. Yeah. It's not like with, uh, they did with Deus Ex where you went into the memories um, and you could, uh, watch the memories and you could edit the memory oh no it was that was dead sex that was so, um, remember me remember me yeah remember me not many people remember that game actually but so good shout on remember me yeah um kind of as well though there's a bunch of stuff like that yeah in yeah, yeah in, in batman vr you mean yeah 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 the detective yeah. made in batman vr it sounds like a cross between everyone's gone to the rapture and yeah it's kind of like everyone's gone to the rapture but they decided to make the the interactivity a bit more interactive i suppose to give you more to do in these playback scenes however that that's actually a, a fair shout tacoma has gone through uh, a lot of development problems it, it it's a lot later being released than it should have been and this game does feel like it's old uh, already it feels like you know the writing and the concepts that we're seeing in this you know what is ostensibly a walking simulator it has already been played out and executed better by other uh, other games and considering gone home was so revolutionary and groundbreaking and brave with everything it did in its storytelling and its setting and it was so grounded the fact that they they've taken it to the sci-fi setting for tacoma and the, and the do you know what the ending is so pat and it's such a happy ending and i get that they're not trying to tell those kind of like heavy stories they had such potential for it to be interesting and then they just bottle it and it's such a shame for me the ending of this game um that you could have done something and said something that was just way more engaging and and i like the world and again the voice acting and the characterization is great but mm, it just felt a bit hollow and nowhere near as engaging as gone home you know i felt like they set the bar so high for themselves there the fact that this game took so long to come out just kind of missed it for me yeah which is a bit of a shame bit of a shame I guess, you know, if you're going to set, you know, a game sci-fi setting, commit to that. Like, make it future. R give me some really sci-fi stuff, right? Because Gone Home works so well because it's just a suburban house in the 90s, right? So it's like we can all relate to that. We all understand what a house in the 90s is like, you know. And yet they make it feel uncomfortable and creepy and everything feels uncertain. In Tacoma, everything feels just so like, oh, well, you know, I've been reading sci-fi and I know sci-fi since for the last 20 years. This is exactly what i'd expect from sci-fi nothing surprised me and that was uh yeah it was kind of a bummer guys i bummed about tacoma i mean okay. like you say especially from them that's kind of that that's them isn't it they, mm. they put the flag in the ground for that genre and for them to just phone that in that's a pity i don't i don't i don't think they phoned it i think they were trying stuff i just don't think it hit as well this time mm. you know it just felt like gone home innovated this just feels like an also ram do you know what I mean? It's like we, we've now, you know, what was the um, the walking sim that just came out? Um, Ed, uh, what remains of Edith what Finch? Edith Finch, yeah, yeah. That that was pushing things. That was doing some interesting stuff for the the walking sim genre. And I, I feel like because this game has been so delayed, it's missed out on its moment. Um, 
yeah, difficult for them, you know, difficult. Have you um, played What Remains of Edith Finch out of curiosity? I've, I've, I've basically watched the whole thing. You've watched I haven't it? got around to play it yet. Has anyone else played it? Have you played it, Richard? No, I intend to, but no, not yet. Yeah. Okay. Supposedly, don't play it on Xbox. It performs really, really badly. Do not get it on Xbox. Talking about performance, Tacoma has some real problems with performance on Xbox as well. Um, lots of problems getting people getting stuck on the main menu, like un- unable to actually play the game. Um, which I think they're trying to fix at the moment. It didn't happen to me. However, I had loads of frame rate issues and really protracted load times in what should be a pretty, no, not a particularly system intensive game. It just didn't feel optimized at all for the console, um, which was a bit of a shame. Um, so, you know, I had some real frame rate issues as well. Like when you first load into a, a checkpoint or go back to a save point, everything goes down to like three or four FPS for about uh, 20 seconds, maybe before it feels like it's trying to load the world in in the background and struggling. Um, so I just feel like it wasn't very well optimized. But, you know, who knows? Did they do it internal, their port? Did they go external? I didn't look into it that closely. But, you know, all these things can affect. You know, they've only got so many people. It's a very small team, I guess, at Fulbright. Well, it's um, a common theme, though. I, I, I tend to find that with games you're getting, they launch these days with performance problems that, you know, they, they tend to kind of patch out within the first month or two, or, or at least address most of them. But it's a kind of disappointing trend. So I'd say it's now becoming, you know... I'm way, I'm way more forgiving of it. On, in, a, in a Fulbright company, it's like a dozen people. You know, Pyre didn't have performance issues, but to give you an example, that's like, again, you know, 12, 12 people, something like that. Very small teams. It's when games like Prey, which has only just been fixed properly on PS4, you know, that's a AAA game from a massive developer and publisher. When that stuff don't run right for a protracted amount of time, what the fuck is wrong? You know, like, sort sort out your pipeline, peeps. I mean, it, it's kind of ridiculous that you, you release these games in these states, you know? So, Yeah. It's uh yeah yeah it's interesting. Uh, who wants to talk about another game? Because I need a rest. Um, you well, can, John. Yeah. What what do you want me to talk about? I can talk about. Um, Tell me about talk, Batman. Yeah, I was going to say let, let's talk about Batman because we kind of sort of touched on it a slight bit uh, with the sort of some of the mechanics in Tacoma. So after the last podcast where Richard told me, um, I'm not sure if that was on air or off air, but Richard basically said, "Oh, if you want to see a, a real visual masterpiece in VR." Or the, well, he didn't say masterpiece. I think he described it as the best-looking VR game currently on PSVR. Go get yeah. Batman Arkham VR. So, uh, lucky for me, Sony instantly heard Richard and decided to put a sale on on PSN. <laughs> Batman Arkham VR. So I picked myself up a copy, and uh, yeah, it's kind of it's. Uh, I, I found it a very kind of interesting and immersive experience. Actually, um, the game's quite simple. Uh, there's no sort of you know, at first I thought, like, excellent, this is going to be the free flow, co- free flow combat system in VR. I mean, this is going to be absolutely fucking I'm going to be sat in there, I'm going to be bursting into sweat, and, you know, I'm going to be collapsing on the floor in, like, exhaustion after 10 minutes of uh, getting in there. But it's nothing like that, actually. It, it plays much more on the kind of detective um, sort of side of the game that sees you sort of going between various locations, trying to, trying to unravel a mystery um, look for clues, um, and you get yeah you you know you recreate these virtual scenes, and you've got to fast forward and rewind through them to sort of pick out key key points and moments where certain events happen and things. And and yeah, I found it really really quite interesting. The the bit that really stuck mostly with me in the game is that at certain points in the game, you get um, you can see your own reflection and your Batman literally mm. staring back at his mirror, and I'm sitting there just like tilting my head left, tilting mm. my head right, kind of like you know looking at the figure. Yeah, I, I'm Batman. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was it was 
really brilliant. The game <laughs> genuinely looks fantastic as well. It looked really good. There's a part where you're sort of standing on the top of a um, on top of a very tall building. You can you overlooking Gotham City. Um, you can see sort of loads of subtle bits and detail around and things, and and even the in some of the inside bits, so you can sort of interact with. Uh, you know, you're in a morgue at one point and pulling out body trays. You know, it's just really, you have to use the move controllers in this. Um, and there's certain bits also where you have they're broken objects and you have to pick up the pieces and reconstruct them in this kind of um, 3D scene. Yeah, I found it I, I found it really quite fun and different and interesting. I mean, I'm, I think I'm still in that VR honeymoon period, so I'm still enjoying a lot of these experiences and, and perhaps not as critical as I should be, but I thought it was really good. Yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. The, the the bit that really hit me in that is quite early on is when you're um sort of looking through the eyes of a young Bruce Wayne, and um oh, yeah. when his parents get shot and you're just a little oh, kid spoilers. peeking out from behind them, you know, <laughs> spoiler sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you're when you're peeking out as a little child that is terrifying, and uh, yeah when you look, it just really when... sells the scale of VR doesn't it. Richard, when you look when you looked in the mirror as Bruce Wayne, did you go, yeah. oh, "Shit, man, look at this hair"? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Oh, I've just I've just uh, killed him. That's it. He's you just, he's just you, have you have to put your reach out to put your arms in, so your gloves come on and stuff. It, it's it's very well done. Like uh, you know, I, I really you know, as you're souping up in the Batcave, basically, it was quite fun. You have to reach out and put your mask and and kind of reach it back up to your mm. face, to put it on. Um, can yeah. I just point out the professionalism of Joel there? Learned by Ben that fails miserably. Oh, I think it worked. Ben's he hasn't got a VR headset, so anything we say about VR, he's like, yeah, it's rubbish, it's crap. Like, I was going to say, though, is that the next thing you fuckers convinced me to buy after the Nintendo Switch? It's just like, you know, you work, you work your magics on me with that one, and I, I'm not regretting that. So I was just wondering if the next thing is PSVR. Yeah, I feel like it might be. Um, but uh, no. On a slight tangent as well, the other one I, I forgot, I didn't actually write in the list, the other, the only other VR game I've played in the, in the past couple of weeks has been, uh, I bought Battlefront as well in the PSN sale, even though I own it on the, uh, on the Xbox as well, mainly because I wanted to do the VR mission in that and, and give that a go. And, you know, yeah, I, 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 it, that was pretty, pretty good as well. Like, it, it's, I must admit, it didn't kind of play out exactly how I, I was expecting kind of like X-Wing VR, I guess, you know, or TIE Fighter VR from the old PC days and stuff. It's not quite like that. It plays a bit arcadey and stuff, but it was still, there were still bits of moments in there that really got me as a kind of X-Wing pilot, just sat in my, look, you know, look back and you can see your droid um, and yeah. just playing with all the controls in the cockpit and things, just like flicking every button and switch. And so, you know, most of them are actually tied into a specific, you know, you, you know, changes your sort of firing mode and things like that. It was really quite interesting to, to just sit and have a play. Yeah, it's that is cool because yeah, yeah, all the controls are mapped to the buttons, right, on a regular mm. controller. But yeah, that moment when you realise actually, if you press buttons in the cockpit, they all work as well. It is amazing. Did you manage to find the eject? No, no. Really. <laughs> I've got the targeting computer out, and it's like, oh yes, I like then trying to sort of move my angle my head so I can like down it. That was really cool and stuff. So yeah, so far I'm really, I'm really, I think I'm really impressed. You know, by the on a techno, you know, on a technology level, it's better than I thought it would be. I thought it would be kind of. It doesn't feel bottom of the range VR. I've played on a Vive headset before, and you know that. Um, I felt, you know, it was still slightly pixelated. I think that, you know, VR will come into its own 
in a in a few years time hopefully if it's you know if they can still gain enough traction to develop it and they can get higher resolution displays and more power to to render more pixels they'll be good um but yeah this is it you know it's at times it feels like it's not really pixely i think you can just pick out some of the individual colors that making up pixels but it's actually really good you know for what it is um at this kind of level and if you go into it with those with that mindset that that's what it's going to, you know, it's not perfect VR. Don't go into it thinking you're going to see reality <laughs> rendered in, um, you know, by a computer and, and, and in these artificial scenes. You know, you can tell it's a game still, but, you know, you can, you will find yourself at times losing, um, losing your sense of... Um, Grip of reality. Yeah, yeah. It, you become so immersed that, you know, it's several times I've taken, you know, playing Batman Varkin VR, I took the headset off at the end and realized I'd actually rotated 90 degrees in the room and I wasn't facing the TV anymore, pretty much, and things like that. It's, you know, you, you do, you lose yourself in the game completely. And it is a type of immersion that I've not experienced on anything else. Um, so while well, Richard contemplates the voice in his head telling him to quit this chicken shit outfit and tell Ben to fuck off because he's an insulting prick. And Joel loses his... comebacks about hair. I mean, it's so <laughs> under the barrel, isn't it? Come on. And Joel, Joel loses oh, his grip of reality. Man, mate. I'm going to be... <laughs> and Joel's, Joel, you're losing your grip of reality due to VR. I feel like now is the time to talk about mental health issues in video games. Nothing better to talk about that than... J Richard, you've been playing Hellblade, haven't you? Which is all oh. about a chick going fucking crazy. Isn't oh, it's right? fucking crazy as well. Yeah, I've been playing it um, quite a bit today as well. And, um, you know, the um, Lucid Sound headphones, you've recently been pimping and got me to buy some. Yes, I do indeed very this well. Is the, this is the best selling point for video game headphones I have tried yet. It actually leads on the title screen saying, play this with headphones, and it makes a fucking difference. Because this is about um, a woman who's like proper mental. She's on her own. Proper um, mental. She's proper, like, psychotic. mental, like, real mental. Yeah. And the, the, from the beginning, the whole thing is, you, you're kind, it's kind of a third-person view. You're following her um, from a close, elevated viewpoint just behind her shoulder. Um, but you, you're just constantly hearing voices in her head, and it feels like you're... Like one of the voices is, I think it's trying to put across. You're just one of the many voices that are following her around. Um, maybe she's being influenced you. Maybe, uh, well, she's literally being controlled by you. But um, it, it seems like forever, as a, for the whole time you're playing, you hearing in seven point one sound um, these cynical, snipey, spiteful voices telling her not to go that way. Maybe she should go that way. Oh, now she's done it. She can't get back out. What an idiot. She's so stupid. And just everything that you hear is constantly putting you down and putting this character down. And it just, it makes you feel like you just want to pause and just have a break. And you think, well, shit, some people actually live with this. I think this was um, developed alongside mental health um, yeah, experts. Was, yeah. And it, you, you can tell. I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like a crass treatment of the subject at all. It feels quite respectful of the condition um, that, that many people go through. And it is terrifying. I mean, it's not just the voices. It's perception of the world. She'll see things in the world that um, maybe aren't there. Maybe they are. Faces in waterfalls, in clouds, fire, um, that... If she touches, she's physically hurt by it, but maybe it isn't real. 
and the voices at, at one point will tell you if you start to acknowledge that this character her perception of reality is perhaps warped you have to acknowledge that yours might be as well and you think shit this could happen to me as well and it just it really nails how mental health can affect anybody but stripping that stuff aside just as a game it really works as well I mean, it's quite bare bones in terms of its combat system coming from ninja theory you obviously it's going to have swords and combat right um but it is quite stripped back there's a very simple set of moves at first it feels like it's maybe not enough but then when it starts throwing multiple enemies at you um you realize that that simplicity is versatile enough to really give you some rewarding combat scenarios and um i'm really enjoying how that works particularly because there's got it's got a permadeath scenario in the, in this so if you die too many times you've got like an infection in your hand and every time you die that infection goes further up your arm if it reaches the brain then your save game is gone so there's a constant state of um sort of fear, worry, concern, um, not just because of the, the setting, what, what the character is going through, but in a gameplay sense as well, anything that you fuck up is going to have permanent consequences in this. So just, just to clarify, the permadeath mode is not optional. It's part of the core game. No, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's it, it. Sounds fascinating as a concept, like the whole game. Absolutely stunning. I mean, a couple of qu- couple of questions. I mean, I, obviously, this is the hot, one of the hot games people are talking about a lot right now. Um, it's like um, it's like a not a full price game though, isn't it? No, it's like 30, 30 quid or something. Twenty five quid. Twenty five quid, and it's yeah. I bet it's about eight hours, something like that. Is that right? Something right? like that. And if you think it's a lot of AAA games aren't really much longer. Hmm. Look like Call of Duty, yeah. The Call of Duty's are like what two hours, six six hours maybe on the outside for a Call of Duty. I mean that that sounds like. Tell, all right, tell me this, Richie. I mean, you've described that it sounds powerful, and as a as a video game uh, person who talks about video games and stuff, I feel like I should play it because I think it's like I should add to my vocabulary. However, yeah, is it fun? Yes, it's fun. Yeah, it's not. It's just not just harrowing and draining. It is actually fun. Well, well, maybe we've got different definitions of fun. <laughs> I love feeling like my mind has been beaten with a sieve. Well, um, it, if you'd asked me that question about Dunkirk earlier on, I would have found it odd. Dunkirk is not a fun movie, but that doesn't mean it's a bad no, movie. No, that's fair. Yeah. And in the sense that um, this offers you an experience that will be meaningful, will stick with you. Yeah, it's it's worth trying I, I i would struggle to describe it as fun it is a fulfilling experience hmm. okay i get you it's like maybe you wouldn't describe gone home as fun you know they're, yeah they're not not all good games obviously are fun but i think yeah. the difference between a film and a game is that with games people expect the fun maybe a bit more than they do with yeah. films necessarily well, um, but that just means the medium needs to evolve the trade-off it has to have that um sort of narrative resonance the the Sort of vocabulary of what you see and what you hear has to work um but the games have that added element of needing to be interactive and from an interactive perspective it totally works um and it doesn't detract from what the game's main push is in giving you that experience of someone experiencing mental health trauma and it really really is worth trying out i mean 
if only because Ninja Theory deserve a break, don't they? After yeah. so many games that have been critically well received, um, but sort of commercially bombed. Um, well, uh, the, uh, oh, what was the games they've done? Uh, Enslaved and Enslaved, they did the DMC remake as well. Yeah, DMC was very good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're a good studio. They've done some good stuff. Uh, but these tie-ins with major studio with uh, major publishers, they always seem to come off worse. So this is one where they've pushed out pretty much on their own. They've tried to deliver a AAA experience at a cut price, half, half the price that you normally price, yeah. you, and you would not know from playing it. It you know if 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 this was forty fifty quid, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. Um, buy it, really it nice as well. From, yeah, um, I'm just watching a video now. What really kind of excites me is this is one thing I love about. Uh, you, know, you know, there are video games that are fun, but I think there are a, a serious topic matters that can be tackled yep. in a very unique way through video games. And when done well, they can really give people a, an insight and perspective into problems that are probably very impossible to describe through any other medium. And from what you've just said, Richard, that that, that this sounds like it may actually do, you know, tackle that topic of sort of voices in your head that kind of... Um, yeah, I don't want to say. It, I think you know. It, it sounds like something I need to go and play. Actually, I want to. Yeah, I want to I'm gonna buy that. I'm gonna buy that game now, based just off what you just said, mate. To be honest, you've completely convinced me. I was a bit on the fence. Yes. The the only other game that um I can think of that really has dealt with mental health, um, but also fun, and it it tricked you into being to to thinking it was going to be something very different. If you guys remember Spec Ops: The Line, yes, yeah, that was great. That was a very have you, Joel Mark. Did you ever experience Spec Ops Online? Was that a serious approach on mental health issues, or was it just a? It went it went heart of darkness on the shooter genre. It was um, pretty it was pretty fascinating as an as a experimental type game. It was it was very very clever with how it went. Started off like a very generic military shooter, and then re, you sort of realise you don't the dawns on that you are not the good guy as this goes along, and it, and you are basically the villain of your own story um and it's um and yeah it deals with like a descent into madness yeah it's it's worth playing very very cool game what about hellblade is it just you know, i'm assuming is it ps4 yes it's ps4 and pc it's ps4 and pc gotta fix my pc <laughs> <laughs> we've all been we've all been convinced richard off of what yeah. you just said i think yeah basically good kind job, of, man. Yeah, it kind of seems to tackle two you know it's given me two two kind of Fortress video, like Eternal Darkness. Did anyone ever play oh, Eternal Darkness? Yeah, yeah. That game. So I mean, that, that was a bit more frivolous. Serious take on uh, mental health issues, but they were. It was a, a very. That's still my most scary moment. The only time I've actually, I think, my heart stopped during a video game. <laughs> playing Eternal Darkness, where I'm sat, sat there, and I, I, this is one of the insanity effects. I literally opened the menu, and it's like save game, chose save game, and then just came up with a dialogue that said format memory card. And I was yeah. like, uh, and it said yes or no, and I just selected uh, what the hell? I selected no, and then it just says formatting memory card. This progress bar that starts going up, and like, this game I have one big memory card of all my save games, for, like all my other games for game yeah. and literally my fucking heart mm. stopped. I'll tell you, like, just, <laughs> and then it just flipped back out into the game, and I just like sat there in just like cold sweats, frozen, just like, yeah, <laughs> like. You know, I think yeah. Eternal Darkness was great, but in terms of its treatment of mental health, that's oh, yeah. the equivalent yeah, yeah, yeah. of a jump scare in a horror movie, right? I mean, the, <laughs> hey, they did a brilliant one with a fly where there was a fly on the inside of your screen. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they, you watch, <laughs> yeah. This fly just crawl across, you're like... Mm. 
<laughs> it works re- Mark works really well in radio, that gag. Well done. Um, so... <laughs> the second point I was going to make, and, and I don't know if you'll quite get this, because um, this goes back to what remains of Edith Finch, and there's one incredibly powerful moment in that where you... I'm going to spoil it a little bit. So if, if, you're, if you're listening... No, I don't, don't, don't. don't, don't. Right, you don't want me to spoil no, it at the time. I think Richard wants to play it as well, so, you yeah, know, I think... That's a dance. I can't. All right, if, yeah. all right, all right, all right, I'll leave it. Well, if Richard, takes his, head, wait, wait, if Richard takes his headphones off, do you disappear? No, 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 no. we're just, it's still quite new and oh, stuff. Yeah, I, 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 You've got but, chance, no, 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 it's all right. You I've could been... be saying anything about Richard and he would not know. His headphones are off. Hey, guys, look, it's Wilson Fisk. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it because, um, it, to me, it was one of the most powerful moments in the game, actually. And, and, and if you talk about it... You can put them on. You can put them on. If, okay. And if I was to talk about it in, or describe it, I think it's better to experience pressure. If anyone wants to play the game, I'm not going to... Yeah. All right. We'll leave it. Let's move on. I think we're going to move on to a pretty big discussion point right now, and that's the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I got one. I've got a bunch of the games. I want to talk to you boys about it because I'm excited to talk about it. So Zelda... Mario Kart, Splatoon. I was in on the Splatfest, Rich. I hope you were catch up with me, though we didn't win. Very upsetting. Um, catch up. I was Team Mayo, mate. You disgusting win. freak! <laughs> That's upsetting to hear. I can't believe you were Mayo. Is it because it's the colour of your skin? What's that about? I don't know. Wait, are you trying to say I don't, that I don't see colour? Well, no. I, oh, I've got a reddish beard. You can go with that, I suppose. <laughs> um, but you don't see... I mean, I see colour. Nicely done, Rich. Good burn, though. I like that. Um, well, I also, weirdly, I reached out to the developer of Tumbleseed because he wrote this post on his website basically talking about how badly the game had done uh, and how badly it had been misunderstood. Richard, did you play Tumbleseed? No. I can't remember. You didn't, right? No. And this got slammed because this game is fucking hard and it's almost like the people playing games on Switch don't think there should be hard games. So it got really no. critically panned. But it's fucking awesome. This game is so creative. I've never played a game I, I, like it. I heard about this. I don't think it's too hard. The issue is that it's fine and then it's into end game like bullshit hard immediately. It doesn't build you up. So I think they've fixed yeah, that though, haven't they? Well, they, they've done some onboarding stuff, yeah. It, it, the, the, the difficulty is that the, the concept is you're lifting. Do you know how it works? I didn't really know anything about it before. I reached out to him and said, look, man, I'd like to play your game, give you some content for it because, like, this game sounds really cool. And, frankly, your blog post was heartbreaking. Um, so, I, you know, th- you basically move this bar from the bottom of the screen up the screen using the left and right analog stick on your Switch, right? And as you move that, you, know, you have to move them in tandem because you're balancing a ball your character, as it were, on the bar. So if you move the left stick a bit higher than the right stick, the ball will roll to the right. So the whole game, the whole aim of the game is to move your character, your ball, your seed, up the screen. Mark didn't even jump on seed days, behaving. I'm impressed. I giggled. I giggled to myself. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, you have to move it. You have to move it up the screen, avoiding enemies and obstacles <laughs> and things like called, that. Shouldn't it be called lift seed? Well, no, because it, I guess it tumbles and falls a lot. Like, it, trust me, it falls a lot. Yeah. Um, this ben, game is... Ben's used to spilling his seed. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. I knew that was, was coming. 
That was uh, a, a delayed ejaculation, if you like, from Mark there. Um, <laughs> Better so... than being premature, Ben. Better than being premature. That's fair. That's fair. That is true. I can't argue with that. Um, so you've got to move this ball up the screen using this very... And the reason it's so hard, I guess, is that you're introducing the, this entirely different... <laughs> was, that, was that hard, Richard? Was that hard, you fucking child? <laughs> um, you're, you know, you're introducing this entirely different control mechanic at the same time as the entire concept of the game, which which is a challenge. And it, you will, you know, the learning curve is very steep and you have to keep persevering and, and working, you know, to fulfill the woman as much as you can in this very hard... No, I'm sorry, I just I was just leaning into it. Um, but no, it's, it's, I think it's a really cool little game and I do recommend people checking it out. I think if it's not on sale anymore, it was just on sale. I, I'm not, I think it's on sale still, um, like third off. So we're, worth worth a peek you know for the low price point that it is i apologize for just chuckling away because then it was just i realized ben you're basically talking about your balls dropping yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's accurate that's that is to the developer of tumbleseed if you're listening i'm so so sorry um so, but, but it's got a great art style as well really nice music and everything throughout and i'm gonna play it some more and then i'll, I'll do a written piece um but before we get into the wider discussion of talking about the console, I do want to give a shout out to the review I did of the. I, was it the first Nintendo Switch review on the site? You guys not done one? Ironcast. No? Ironcast, yeah. I think that you is had, the you guys one. you haven't done one either. I've not right, talked about a lot of the games, but not, I've not written a review for any. So I, I you know, I, I'd already reviewed Ironcast about a year and a half ago on Xbox One uh, when it came out on that platform, and so I, I you know, I didn't want to you know spend too much time talking about it. the game is still the game, but. And in, this is a sense I get a lot with a lot of get games on Switch. Like, now this game was on the Switch. This is kind of like where it always should have been mm. from from moment one. This is the natural fit for Iron for Iron, um, for Ironcast. It's perfect. I mean, the fact that, you know, you can take it anywhere. I mentioned review, like, to the, you know, anywhere you want out on the go, or in my case, just to the toilet. I mean, it's, it's you know, there's this match, this gem-matching game with this roguelike elements in this awesome steampunk setting with these big mechs fighting each other. And it's fully touchscreen enabled, which is the first game I think I've played. I've played personally on the Switch that can be fully played on the touchscreen, much like you would an iOS title. And considering you're matching gems and, you know, selecting things on the screen, it fits and it, it works as a port absolutely perfectly. And when I first reviewed this game back, um, it was actually still for Brit Xbox, Richard, to give you an idea of how long ago it was. Um, it was one of our first video reviews that I did. Uh, mm. I scored it 8 out of 10. I give Ironcast on the Switch a 5 out of 5 because this is the best example of this, well, basically unique genre they've crafted for themselves. It's also so much fun to play on the Switch. It's so well, it, it's perfect for pick up and play. You know, it's perfect for here's a five minute, a 10 minute session. You can extend it if you want. But if you just want to have a quick go at a game on Switch, I find myself going back to this again and again and again. And I'm still going back to it after doing the review. I was just playing it earlier tonight. You know, rather than playing Zelda, I'm playing Ironcast because I just want to mm. play for five minutes or 10 minutes, you know, and it's so goddamn good on this platform. And if you haven't checked it out, because it is it's a hard one to convince somebody to pick up because you look at the, the videos of this and you're like, well, how's that going to work? Is that going to is that going to work as a as a game? It is a hard sell. I've played yeah, quite a lot of it on Xbox, but mm. and, um, I started playing. I was thinking, well, I'm not. This probably isn't going to be for me, but I'll try it out. And you you think, yeah, it's, it's a match three yeah. game. It's not really a match three game. <laughs> no, it's a turn based game. And you think, oh, turn based game. 
but the combination of those two things it works so well yeah super compelling because it's like you're managing the resources and the gems you match will feed the resources as it were they're, they are yeah. your fuel your energy or weapons so you have to think match three thing you can match 20 30 you can match pr pretty much the whole grid it's not a problem to get your matches is it really well um, i don't know how far you get but once you start getting late game yeah, yeah. I mean, not yeah. not getting what you need is a it's fucking hard, problem it's hard to get what you need but i mean in terms of working out puzzle wise it's just the luck of the draw about what's on the board isn't it sometimes mm -hmm. and um choosing what to release rather than working out whether you can release something um yeah so I'll, sometimes i'll be looking at the board like weighing up my choices for a good few minutes like oh i could do with energy for the shields and and, and to you know speed up the walking but then yeah. then i won't have enough ammo to deal that critical hit i need but then oh there's an overload uh gem there which i could connect to the energy but then I wouldn't get any ammo, but then I can have extra shields. Uh, yeah. ooh, so maybe, oh, but there's a link one there where I could, I could get the repair stuff and I could link that with the coolant, which isn't maybe what I need right now, but I will need that in the next turn. So, oh, you know, there's so many balance yeah. and it's, it's, it's roguelike it's, it's as that well. Combat, that combat strategy is way more important mm -hmm. than you would think at first glance. Yep. It's not just a match three game. It's nothing like no. that at all. And then there's the roguelike element to it, which I think is brilliant as well, where it's permadeath. You lose yeah. one game, that's it, you're dead. But what you get are these things called commendation marks, depending on how far you've got, how much XP you've got, and that can then give you uh, and unlock extra abilities for your next playthrough, and then your next playthrough, and your next playthrough. Because each each playthrough is limited to, I think, roughly, like I think it's like 12 rounds, because there's this big enemy mech, basically, this big enemy Ironcast marching on London, and you, and you yeah. have to get good enough, get upgraded enough, and it's going to take you multiple playthroughs. You would never be able to do this on your first playthrough um, to actually defeat that mech. And, and you know, that's why you can just play a quick round. So you can play, you know, for five minutes, or you can play for 20 minutes or an hour, and you can really get into it. And I love the world. I don't normally like steampunk stuff, but I find that it's, it's well-written. The characters are funny. There's a, a real sense of humour to the whole world. It's, it's very obvious that it's a British developer, um you know it's Rip, ripstone published it i believe in dreadbit uh the, the, the developers uh and it's just got a lot of charm to it you know it's really cool and like i said it is the home of this game on the switch like it just feels like it's coming home and it's like people should check that game out highly 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 recommend ironcast on the switch on anything but if you've got a switch get this game how much is it on Switch? Because I've got it, but I would be tempted to get it again. It's hard to say because i got an early code, so I can't actually see the price easily on my shop. But I think it's something like in the 10-15 area, something like that. Yeah. So not ridiculous. All right, guys, come on. Splatoon, Mario Kart, Zelda. It's $12.99 in America. Okay, so it's going to be about 10 well, yeah, $12.99 in the UK. There you go. Oh, yeah. all right, okay, cool. Thank you very much, Fact Finders. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Switch is it? Switch is amazing. Yeah. So rather than being uh, um, wholly misguided on your choice of ketchup, what do you think of Splatoon? Um, I'm up to about level six or seven now, so it's starting to open up for me. I've got a lot more weapon choices. Um, I've got more of the uh, different clothing options, so the different buffs. I've got a much better idea of the rhythm of the game um, and and how the game plays and, and feels. Um, it is just riotous, isn't it? I mean that's yeah. It's I mean, just a. It's you're just up to level six or seven. You, yeah. you won't have seen the other mode yet. You're still on turf war. I'm still right? turf war. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it's just fun. It's just unbridled fun. It, I like. It's a bit weird how the multiplayer works in this. Like we we wanted to play together. We basically could only play one on one. 
because yeah. of my level restrictions, which is fucking stupid. But multiplayer with Splatoon isn't really meant to be done with friends. It's meant to be done with randoms. And it's meant to be this thing where you just go into game after game after game, round after round after round, and you just sort of soak yourself in the game world. You don't really care that you're not being able to play with all your Xbox Live mates or whatever. It's not about that. It's just well, about the fact like, that combat is so much fun. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Minutes, so it's not like you've got time to talk to anybody anyway. Nope. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm upset about your Mayo choice and the fact that you guys won by like a point on both of them. Yeah. I was like, that's ridiculous. How did you guys... And it was like 75% kept up. That is Mayo, just understated, but pure win. <laughs> I've got no words. It's, yeah. So they do this thing. They just did this thing called a Splatfest, which is this seemingly arbitrary... You, you pick a side, and the, neither of the sides matter. But it's like, let's split the entire play base of this game into two. Uh, and then go to war for a weekend. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's a great way of getting people to come back to the game and retaining players. Joel, have you had much more time to play Splatoon at all? Yet? <laughs> no, I haven't even managed to play it. Uh, oh, I've had it for a, um, over a week now. I just haven't had a chance. So the it kind of brings on to you know the, the greatest thing about the Switch is its portability and stuff. So you yes, know, I've been mine is with me currently. I've taken it on holiday and stuff, but all I have literally been playing is Mario Kart. The you know, last week I was up in the Lake District on holiday with, uh, uh, you know, my son and another family, uh, uh, some close friends of ours, and with their kids, we've literally just been playing Mario Kart on it. And it's just, the Switch is just an amazing little thing just to take around and play Mario Kart. I bought some extra Joy-Cons for it with having some four-player fun. It's, yeah, it's just magical. But, yeah, no, I've not played Splatoon. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that we would get to play it and, and you know, we'd get to start playing it. But, no, Mario Kart was sort of... Centre stage, sadly. But, yes, yeah, so sadly, Splatoon is not a player, is it? Fine, but Splatoon kicks the shit out of Mario Kart. Mm. Wow. Easy. It would if you could play multiplayer on one console, Richard. I, I played it on the Wii U, so I do. I have played Splatoon, um, just not had a chance to it on the Switch. I'm a bit gutted that there's no, yeah, like, split screen Splatoon. Screen. Like, I've not, I've not yeah. tried it, because I've got no one to play with in the house. There is Oh, no, that's a there is not. Uh, I have been immersing myself in the Switch Reddit uh, since getting one. Um, so I, I have seen many complaints about these things. Um, uh, yeah, Mario Kart's great fun, though. I mean, I was playing it in bed with the wife, which was brilliant. Like, never even thought she'd be interested, but she loves it. Um, it's absolutely amazing. Um, it was, you know, you, you guys know, I don't know if I talked about it on Bits and Bobs, but I had a faulty fault problem with my Nintendo Switch. Basically, on the day I got it, Super excited, and then by nine o'clock that evening, my left Joy-Con completely stopped working, which was upsetting. Um, however, you know, it, not quite within the week turnaround. They they told me support, but and inside two, uh, I got my Joy-Con back yesterday from Nintendo uh, Service Center, and it's perfect now, and it's all good. So that's great. I, I ended up having to go and buy another pair of Joy Cons for like eighty pounds, which is kind you of insane. Though. I mean, it, I was probably gonna do it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I know what I'm like. Um, but you know, now I have the funky Splatoon 2 Joy Cons, so with the cool those. with the cool neon yeah. Joy Cons that came with it, and it's like it's a really good mix, and I can mix and match Joy Cons, and it's why do I care? But I do. Um, <laughs> it's so funny, but I totally do. Um, and when I see when I see pictures on like Reddit and whatever, people with their grey Switch Joy Cons, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you why would you have the grey one 
<laughs> Why? What's like? What kind of boring person are you? Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just so funny. Look, oh, Joel's got the, the Splatoon two ones as well, Richard. Nice. Oh, I'm to buy Pressure. some now. You have to buy them. It's great. The kids, just with the kids, just like, oh, can I be green? Can I be pink? Can I be red? Can I be? You know, it's, <laughs> Yeah. It made every. It's like Nintendo literally took all the magic they did with the Wii for what you know kids see it and want to play it and stuff. And you know this is an amazing little yeah. gadget. That's yeah, right. You, you know when I was guys, when I was like mocking you a bit for your like joy over this console. I found the joy. I Yay. found the joy, guys. Like this is the first time with me and Nintendo since oh god, like GameCube. Um, I had a Wii, but it didn't really count. I don't think it was a very different type of Nintendo device. Um, and now I'm back, and I'm back, and I've Zelda is glorious. Like, yeah. holy shit, Zelda is amazing. Like, I've never felt so in. I've never felt such an open world to be so inviting, and like a, a place I really want to just explore mm. and just to just to delve into and you know, pick yeah, apart all its little minutiae and learn about it. And when it's oh not, man, it's like it's Assassin's Creed, is it? Where you look at the map and think, I've got to do all of that. No, yeah, no. Right. Zelda is yes. What's over there? Let's go and do that today. It's yeah, there's a, there's a discovery. There's a very different visual language behind this Japanese open world to any of the Western open worlds. It, the fact that it doesn't put everything up in front of you as a task list, like you just said. It, it, instead, it just gives you a place. You feel very much in that place. And what do you do when you're in a place that's as sumptuous and you want to find out more? You want to explore. Uh, and you know the game it, it's quite hard early on i found myself dying quite a lot um but i got the dlc and i've gone and got the, some fancy armor now so that's helping um but you know I, i'm just yeah i'm just riding my horse which i got recently and i'm just just checking out the sites and oh there's a tower over there i'll i'll do the tower thing and oh there's a shrine i'll do that they're quite fun they're, they're always different um you know there's like a different kind of challenge to basically here's some fun puzzle elements that you didn't experience before um yeah it's just oh man it's good isn't it it's so so good uh actually, i think are you using the horses a lot because i ended up just sacking them off very early on um i am at the moment uh i like riding them i like i just the animation the, the game has got so many great animations oh yeah like, there's nothing wrong with the horses they, oh, they're fine but in terms just in terms of exploring i ended up just wanting to climb everywhere and glide I'm really. Um, I know what you're saying. I know. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. I mean, I like. I like the walking around because there's a a genteel pace to it. Like you can take everything in a bit better, can't you? And sort of plan your next. You don't get surprised by enemies so much. I don't. I, the other big thing is, yeah. Sadly, the hardware limitation of the switch. When you're riding a horse, yeah, pop in is more of a problem yeah. because the enemies will suddenly just go bing, and there's one in front of you. Oh shit um so like i did notice in my quest for my my fancy gear from the dlc i clearly went to some areas of the map that were much 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 tougher yeah. than i should perhaps have gone to uh and i i got my way through it because because it's it's systems so it's like these enemies will kill me with one, with one hit i'm gonna be smart enough to find a way to avoid that or to f avoid detection and i was able to do it yeah. and it's like so you know the, that proves you that i could probably go to the castle immediately you and can. if i was patient enough i could beat the game and it's just yeah. like that's fascinating that a game is designed like that i i love that that is so fucking cool and refreshing i just wish i had more time i'm, I'm doing I've got other reviews on the on the burner and things are about to get crazy again guys just to warn you uh you know the busy season is just around the corner um so yeah christ knows when I'll, I'll be able to really put the time into zelda but uh man 
Beautiful. Looking forward to Mario and, and Rabbids now as well. Kingdom Battle at the end of the month. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if I want it or not, but I probably do. What are you children giggling about? Back in the class. This is now giggling about back in the class. Gas chamber. Mark is trying to kill me with his ass. Mark just oh. let rip. That sounds like Mark. He's Mark. probably he's probably Mark. in a combination of chili and like just raw peppers today, just to fuck <laughs> you up, Joel. Mark didn't just let rip. Mark full on cocked a leg up mm. in the air and angled it. He used right. all his acting skills to, to, to <laughs> take you know, take it to the next dramatic level. <laughs> That's why you're always a hit on set, obviously, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> that, that must be what it is. Your your gas control. Um, but yeah, the carry. Uh, so so guys, question: Is there any big game I'm missing right now? I should be playing on the Switch. I was considering Puyo Puyo Tetris. Um, I, I was looking at a couple of other things like little stuff. Street Fire even tempted me, but I resisted. What should what should I what should I be getting? Is there anything right now I've missed out on, or am I good? Uh, yeah. There's a Puyo Puyo Tetris demo that you should try out. I've I have, only yeah. got the demo. Um, I kind of want that game, but it's just expensive, isn't it? For what it is, feels that way. Yes. Um, you've got Mario Kart. Yep. Yeah, Zelda, Splatoon. That's kind of it. I mean, that they are the core games. I, mm. I wouldn't bother with one, two, switch. I've got Bomberman. It's probably not worth it. You've got Mr. Shifty as well. I did get Mr. Shifty, yeah, because I just really loved that developer and I love that publisher and I love that game. Mm. That game is so, so good. I haven't played too much else on the Switch. I mean, what I have played is Master Blaster. I finished that recently. Oh, yeah. That, that's worth a crack through. Um, that's got some free DLC at the moment, so you can play as Shovel Knight, which is fun. Should I get Shovel Knight? Uh, have you got it already? No. Okay, buy Shovel Knight, definitely. I feel like this is the right platform for Shovel Knight. Yeah. Like, Shovel Knight always looked like a SNES game that never got released to me, and yeah. now that I have a Nintendo console, I feel like I should maybe play Shovel Knight on that. Yeah, Shovel Knight so is really good. I've I've okay. gone through that game a few times, um, and I'm still tempted to buy it on Switch. I haven't done so yet because that would be dumb. I've already bought it twice, but uh so tempting. Yeah, if you haven't got it already, buy that. Okay. Yeah, I might check that out. That's a good. That's a good shout. I think that that might fit well. Um, the only other okay. one. Okay, that's my Nintendo love. I love maybe, Nintendo now. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ben. Maybe the only other game that you might. Um, it's a bit hard. Arms. Because you've got the extra Joy-Cons, and if you can persuade your wife to play it with you, um, the, the problem is it's still... I'm not quite sure it's worth its price tag. That's the only problem. Like, it's a good game, but it's just that, you know, if it comes up on a sale, I recommend it. Okay. I think. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. A couple of things that I've been impressed by so far. They do do sales. Hmm. Not on Ninten- not Nintendo games, no. I don't think ARMS will get reduced on, on the eShop, but they're doing that on a lot of the indie stuff. And there, there is constant stealth releases coming out on the on the eShop. Like every other like every week another half a dozen games seem to appear. So it's like, yeah, the, the things are picking up on that on that platform. It's cool to see titles appearing. They're not all great. They're not all amazing. They're not all gonna be like must buy But they're filling in their library quicker than I expected. It's getting there. A lot of the indie games are coming out, you know, but uh, you know it's it's being backfilled of a lot of old releases. Mm-hmm. Um you still need to see you know, still, still yeah, see some real third-party support, I guess. Like next, you know, next month we've got what um, Mario Odyssey and um, no, Mario, uh, Odyssey Mario Odyssey is October. October. Yeah, is it October. Sorry, um, 
what comes out at the end of the is it um Mario Mario Rabbit. Rabbit. yeah yeah so we've got that coming which obviously is a kind of I want to say it is third party support, but I, I, I still guess I kind of think of it as a partnership. But I want to say. the one you were really excited for, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like XCOM, but with Mario. Um, mm. and the, the videos and stuff from E3 look, just look really good. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think I agree. Yeah, it does need more third party stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure how quickly we're going to get that. But on the store, I'm finding, although there is quite a lot of stuff coming out, it does mean things are getting buried as well. So. I just had a quick look to see how well Shantae's doing because I was tempted to buy that again. There's a, there's one. Have a look at that as well, uh, Ben. Shantae is fantastic, and I've already finished it on Xbox, but that is something that would look incredible on a Switch screen. Yeah, so, I can imagine, yeah. See, these are games that I've seen come out on Xbox, like that and Shovel Knight, and I've looked at them and gone, I don't want to sit. I don't, It doesn't feel right for me to sit in front of my TV playing this almost. Yeah. Put it on a fucking handheld, and I'm like, yeah. That makes so much more sense to me as a gaming experience. Um, and and uh, like the Switch is just like the best handheld ever. Like, yeah. fucking hands down, this thing is amazing as a handheld device. Yeah. And the fact I that mean, you can just... In, in like, every way, not just like, not because the graphics are great on a handheld device, but just how it works, you know? Proper yeah. controllers. It's like proper magic. Proper controllers, it's amazing. It's got, it is, it's proper. Their ideal console, you know? Someone's made it for real. Yep. No, it genuinely is. It is genuinely super, super, super impressive. There's one me over. I think uh, there's one more game here on the list. Joel can have the last game. Joel doesn't normally get the last game. It's normally me monologuing to death at the end of the podcast. But you played a bit of like a bit of a JRPG, didn't you, Joel? No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You told me it was a JRPG, Joel. I'll admit it. I didn't read your review. But you did tell me it was a JRPG at one point. It's, no, that we discussed it in a podcast before where I hadn't even um, looked at the game yet. And, and you you told me, yeah, I think it's a, a JRPG. It, it, it isn't. This is... Um, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm the editor. It's fine. Shut up. So, JRPG now. I'm going to change the tags on the review. JRPG. <laughs> you play a character called Cloud. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is... Um, yeah, it's kind of like an action um, kind of turn. It's not really. It's a real time strategy kind of actiony, uh, well, real time combat. Sorry, um, actiony game. Uh, it's so the, the most interesting thing about this game, I guess, is and I didn't learn this until after I'd played through the PlayStation Four version, is that there are actually two games um, simultaneously released. There's Fallen Legion: Sins of an Empire, and there's a, um, a sister game released on the PS Vita. Um, and oh, I'd have to look at my review. I cannot remember the second subtitle for the game. But they play the same story over the same timeline from two different perspectives. Um, you play the, um, you know, in the in the Sins of the Empire, you play a, a girl called Cecile, princess. Um, so, and then in the sister game, you play the uh, antagonist of the PS4 game. Uh, so you see the whole thing from two different perspectives. And obviously, it's up to you if you happen to have both platforms and play both games to, to decide, I guess, who you think is the protagonist and the antagonist and the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's... So, to be honest, there isn't too much to this game. It's real... You know, there's a, a sort of overarching story, a bit of a narrative. It tries to set up a stuff, but it's real quite, like, interesting thing is this real-time um, combat sort of system. You you play this... Um, you have this book called Grimoire, and he literally... 
um, your power comes from your ability to um, manifest basically heroes of the past. So he sort of explains at the start of the game, he's like, oh yes, can you remember this legendary, so trying to put it into a real world perspective, you'd be like, oh, can you, re can you remember Achilles, the legendary guy Achilles? And he's just like, right, just imagine Achilles. And then you, you manifest your, um, based on the, the, the sort of lore and the history and, and sort of your interpretation of uh, all the sort of stories and um, uh, and things, you, you manifest him up and he becomes like one of your weapons. And you can do this for three characters. So you have three characters and you map each character to a specific button and they become your attacks, literally. So you manifest up these fallen heroes from the past. And the game gives you three heroes to start with. But as you progress through the game, you kill bosses. And then when you killed certain bosses and things you can then they're added to your character roster you can manifest these feedback and and have them fight for you as a as sort of one of your attacks and things um now combat plays out in, in real time so you, there's a lot of intricate timing to it about um you can't just button mash your way through it you have to watch for visual cues about the enemies when they're sort of timing their attacks some enemies um are very fast attacking so you need to rely on sort of pulling off the perfect block to sort of expose them for a counter attack and other enemies are very slow so you've got a you've got to attack before they, they they sort of drop the hammer basically you've got to get in there very quickly um and then yeah you've got different kind of you know, you've got ranged attacks you've got fast but weak attackers you've got strong but slow attackers and you've just got to balance your party out and stuff um and yeah, at first I was kind of like, there isn't too much to this. Um, but then as I sort of started getting beyond the sort of my initial button mashing and sort of trying to develop my gameplay to, to sort of be a bit more intelligent and stuff, it's, it's, it is really good. When you start to get the mastery of it, it gets very satisfying. Um, and you sort of pull off the perfect combat pitches. And, then, um, and there are lots of other little mechanics in there. It's like a combo bar. So every every successful hit you get builds up. And at certain levels on a combo bar, the next attack you do of a certain character will be their special attack instead. So there's kind of a lot of tactic. You know, you, you can be quite tactical and strategic with it. Um, yeah, the, the combat's really good. I found the story a bit kind of, well, you know, um, there, there is a narrative there and it's kind of edging things along. But it, and. But I think the game's very minimalist about that. It, it it does sort of have these kind of subtle intervals of maybe a minute long where it tries to edge the story, but then it just puts you into these stages, which are just like fights after fights after fights after fights. Um, and in between stages, you can choose some buffs and things, and they can kind of affect subplots in the story and stuff. But yeah, it was overall, um, I actually quite enjoyed it. I found the combat, um, I found it like challenging to master. Once I kind of mastered it, I, I, I it was quite enjoyable and fun. And then the game finishes. Uh, by the time I'm beginning to wear thin of it and get bored of it, um, it ended. So it didn't outstay its welcome as well, which I thought was quite good. So that's cool, all in Legion Sins of an Empire. Unlike Ben, please go to the website and read my review. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you publishing permission so I didn't have to fucking read them, Joel. Jesus oh, Christ, man. Publishing permission now. I have. Yes, it does. It does. Home, um, home county's editor now yeah man yeah, home county's man it's, it's, it's a growing demo it's how like you've got to talk to those weirdos in those counties i don't know anything how many uh, blowjobs do you have to give to get those we don't talk about that <laughs> at least not on the podcast it was a hard climb up the ladder <laughs> it's always hard um i see richard that you you've we, I, I think you changed your list on me like a last minute or something here you slipped arrow on and I always want to talk about Arrow because I don't think enough people know about that fucking game. Um, yeah. why, why is Arrow on your list? Do you go back to it or something? 
I did. Yeah, I took Master Blaster out and put Aero in because I went back to Aero this week and finished the whole thing and thought, Ooh. "Fuck, that game needs some more praise because it's yep. so good." Yep. Um, another that's really amazing with decent headphones. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my god. If you want a rhythm game that's properly immersive with decent headphones, this is your game. I think I gave it. I gave it five stars, didn't I? I can't remember. Uh, you, I can't remember what you scored it, but you loved four it. Four or five. It's four or five. I absolutely fucking adore it. For good reason. Yeah. Um, uh, it's got every. It's got for like fifteen tracks, and they're all like um, electronic music. It's like um, dubstep and stuff in it, right? Uh, uh, I think dubstep. Dubstep does it a little bit disservice. I think it's because everybody when they think dubstep, they think drops, and it's like, yeah. yeah, there's some of that in there. But I think I think it's it's better quality in general than maybe just what people consider dubstep, like Skrillex. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there are some really great tracks, like, yeah. and the fact that each level is custom designed. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's not it's not so just cool. some anodyne back into some you know faceless music every level is custom crafted to mm-hmm. match the music in much more depth than your guitar heroes or rock bands where it's kind of just it's just a track with buttons coming down the screen this is mm-hmm. fully realized 3d environments where lightning goes off to the time of the music um and you know everything within the environments has a parallel within the soundscape as well it's just phenomenal how well it ties it all in. Um, but the the gameplay itself is just so tactile. It's not hammering buttons or just getting the rhythm right. Um, what you actually have to do is rotate the analog stick um, to match a blue line within... Uh, the, the game runs in a tunnel, basically, like Tempest or something. Uh, but you have to match this line um, as closely as possible. And the line represents part of the music so if there's like a synth lead that comes in that goes up and sort of swells then the the line will go up and sort of wave about at the top or something and having to have that level of accuracy on an analog stick it's not something you're used to normally and no. it's quite hard to get to grips with but when you do it fuck it's so good brilliant yeah. and so I've you have a whole lot and i'm going through it again now i was gonna say you are you're not 100 because i take it you're like moved on to the next difficulty now then yeah yeah, it gets it. You think it's hard to start? <laughs> that game gets fucking rocking hard nails like man crazy down, but it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that it's it's. I love a good rhythm game, and I think that's a great rhythm game and massively overlooked. Like I don't know anybody talking about that game on. I on think Xbox, that's on sale right? this week as well. I just noticed it on PS4. I think it's about six pounds. So <sighs> steal. I haven't got it. Go get it. It's mm. so good. It's so fucking good. Uh, and you know, because because I'm ticking off the boxes here, I see Joel for the, about the about the I don't know, like sixth episode in a row here. That's got like Horizon Zero Dawn on his plate. Are, are you just putting it down every time you just boot the game up? This this like has it's you know it's really hard to. There are two things that have gripped me about this game because it's I don't think it's you know having played Tomb Raider and other other open world games, I wouldn't say it's particularly you know doing anything new or, or treading any new path or but its story has completely engrossed me um it, but 
well, sorry, the story has completely engrossed me. I'm, I'm really, uh, uh, the sort of side characters are a bit dull, I guess, but the, the main cast of this game have kind of captured me, this sort of story around this woman, Aloy, um, her mysterious past and things. It's uh, like, it's very science fiction, but in a kind of fantasy setting, I would say, or, you know, it's, sort of, it's very tribal. I, this has really captured me. I'm really loving this. And then the second part of it that's captured me is these, these, these mechanical beasts that sort of occupy the world and, and like, as I spread out further into the world, you, you encounter bigger, more dangerous monsters and things. And you sort of sit there, you, you plan your attacks. Everyone's like a miniature boss fight. You know, you sit there, you analyze their path, you put traps down, you get ready for this massive, intense sort of combat battle and things. And it's brilliant. I, I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm just loving it. Um, and, I, you know, yeah, I will keep putting it down. It looks incredible as well. Like, I've, you know, it's certainly on my 4K TV, the PS4 Pro, it looks stunning. It's the you know really one of the best games I've visually seen as well. So, yeah, I'm kind of blown away of it. And obviously, it's it's appearing every week because I'm slowly chipping away at it. Um, and yeah, I, I just can't wait to finish it. But it's probably going to be there, you know on a few more podcasts yet. I cannot say I'm really enjoying this game. It's it's, it's on my coming as well on the way. It's, it's on my part of shame. I got really psyched for that game, and then I just didn't put enough time into it i got to the major world and i did a bunch of stuff and then it's like i never i I think i must have been like this close to the bit where the story would really hook me in and pull me along um and i i I just didn't quite get there and at this point ah i've got so that and zelda (laughs) Uh, (laughs) zelda is the winner yeah it's uh yeah but i mean both of them i don't know when i'm gonna i'm gonna really find the time for i'm just i'm just game greedy i guess and i just like to pile them up (laughs) <laughs> fuck up I'm, i was replaying i'm playing through metro last light again at the minute i i, I really want to get that done before you know exodus is a little way off I, I wanted to play um shadow of mordor before um the new one of that comes out i don't think i'm getting a chance to do that i picked that up like super super cheap the game of the year edition uh, again recently uh, when it was on sale for like four quid or something ridiculous um so many so many games there's just no way that well I, I think I should just quit my job. That's the only option, uh, and play all the video games instead. What do you What do you think, honey? Oh, that's right. She divorced me. No worries. Uh, okay. <laughs> so um, I think that brings us. Uh, let me just say before I do the bring. There's been. I don't want to get into the controversy that's happened over the last couple of weeks with us. Cert- well, last week with a certain. Um, how should I say, video games journalist slash YouTube personality? But let's just say. People in positions of influence and power shouldn't abuse those positions for sexual reasons. It's fucked up. And can can the, the women out there just realize that when that nice guy says, do you want do you want to come to the bar so we can talk about your work and maybe get it published? He might not be that nice. Just be aware. I don't know this story. You're not talking about one of us, are you? No, I'm not talking about one of us. But there's been a lot of this recently. I hasn't asked me what. Thanks, man. Cheers for that. I don't, I don't don't want to get into specifics because there's a lot of vagaries around this right now, anyway. And and the guy is being investigated. I don't want to mention names and stuff. But um, this stuff is going down, and I've had some people ask me to talk about it, and it's like I don't feel comfortable because I don't know enough about it. And there's more coming out all the time. Um, You know, he he has clearly abused his position of trust. It would seem massively in really inappropriate ways. So scumbag him um and it just gives ammo to game again 
So like, let's not feed that. Like, because gamers should all be on the same page. Anybody that enjoys video games, man, woman, or child, we should all be working together to make this space better, not worse. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. While while being incredibly vague. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing that happened this week. You guys can, I'm certain, find out about it if you want to. Uh. Okay. I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, Mark, for being here. I expected more disruption. I've been good. You told you, you said been told gassing me for the past half hour. Like I, I've been suffering in silence. <laughs> I have been farting a storm. <laughs> you <did laughs> a message today saying, "Mark, you've got to be on your best behaviour." So I decided to keep quiet and you know not say too many things. I didn't make a single inappropriate joke. I was going to say some inappropriate words just to make it really hard for you for editing later. I don't edit. Don't edit. Don't edit. I just came out with anything. You know, this goes out, Mark. You do realise this is going out live onto the internet. Yeah, right? yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. Just I'm no, not no, that no, much on the internet. I may be a little bit behind, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> There's also a big square on here. It's about bronze it's... age. No, no, I've gone, I've gone up to Iron Age now. Definitely up to Iron. Uh, yeah, there's a big square that says live, which I kind of took as a hint, you know. Yeah. Very good. Well up done. You, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can resist. Uh, no, it's been lovely having you, mate. And maybe we can get you back for, uh... well, once you get your PC sorted, you might actually play some fucking video games, Joel. Sort it out, yeah? Come on. Get it, get it sorted. Me? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said. Not, like... You know he's not fixing it for me, right? What's There's a reason why he's getting fixed. It's I his mean, wife. Yeah. My wife's my brother-in-law that I've never met is flying over like next month, and uh, he's coming over and he and Amy want to play Diablo three together. That's why my computer's getting fixed so hardcore. You should get him on Marvel Heroes. That's basically I'm going to totally try to. Totally yeah. But you know, by that point, it's he's going to be over on like September the sixth and Destiny two. <gasps> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to be spooging everywhere over that. There's there's an article in Edge. Saying there's 86 story missions and Destiny 1 with all the DLC only came to about 45. I'm so excited. Like, I'm, I'm so pumped. Excited. I'm so same four locations. Doesn't matter. I don't care. It's more, Richard. And there'll be loot, Richard. So much loot. <laughs> oh, the loot, the loot grinding, the grinding for the loot and the, and the leveling and the leveling and the loot and the, the guns, the different guns and the, and, the, and, ah. Uh, Sums it up for me. Sums it up for me. Yes. Uh, So thank you very much for being here, Mark. Joel, I thank you for coming in, sort of, and doing this podcast with Mark on holiday. I appreciate that. That's hardcore. Transformers Convention Day. You know, this is. You probably wouldn't have shouldn't have admitted that, like you know, to the world. Just saying. It's not Michael Bay Transformers. You know, it's good Transformers. Did I ever tell you I've got uh, I work in a shop as most people know, and there was a a, a gentleman customer came in, a big Transformers fan, uh, and he, he he's a bit nuts, as many of them are, and he wanted to show us his Transformers tattoo, and it, and he t- and it's the whole chest, and he pulls up pulls up his shirt to show us this Transformers tattoo, and it's Bumblebee, it's Michael Bay's Bumblebee, oh. and I was just like, well, first of all, I didn't want to see your chest, and secondly. Your tattoo. You, re- you really got that <laughs> on your body permanently? That from even I know you you don't do that. I mean, and I don't even know Transformers. Like, what the fuck, man? Um, so that's a that's my Transformer story. 
Joel, do you have any appropriate tattoos? Maybe on a butt cheek. Uh, do you have like a... I carry no tramp stamps. What about you, Rich? Any weird tats in any weird places? Not yet. Middle, I think, uh, middle yeah, age very... is creeping up, though. Um, yeah. Middle of crisis. Sort of crisis, yeah. I need to mm. get one. You do. What would it be? Like uh, a big Spartan helmet from Halo, like no, on your forehead. Like Nothing like the that. Face. Something Gunstar Heroes related. Or Gunstar like, Heroes. Or That's a, fucking random, man. An EU flag <laughs> or some shit. Like <laughs> See, I'm, I'm now picturing, go back to the Master Chief. I'm imagining Master Chief's helmet tattooed onto your bell end. Oh, that's <laughs> an idea, right? That is what I'm getting. Thank you. <laughs> one, for the, one for the wives. Um, In fact, you could get the full suit. So she correct. You just got... <laughs> How do you how do you do the arms? I don't know. They're stickers. They're attachments. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so, next issue episode of BXB's Bits and Bobs. We'll explore Mark's cock of his new tattoo. No, it's Richard. It's tattoo, not me. <laughs> You've got to this prove is... it. Yeah, no, we're going to do it to Richard. We're going to tattoo him. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you when you've had a few beers and you don't give a shit. So I'm, I'm just going to let you know. Amateur tattooist Mark with a, a track record of zero previous tattoos will uh, live on air. We'll do it the proper style with a little hammer and needle as well. No other, ne- no other gun. <laughs> Samoan style, like you yeah. know, like tribal style. Yeah, back in the back in the day. <laughs> Jesus, and no paintings. Okay, and on that just really <laughs> fucked up, disturbing note, I'm going to wrap this bitch up, and we'll be back. Um, we'll be back in like maybe two weeks. Who knows? Could be a month. I don't know what's happening anymore. Um, but there'll be games. There's games. There's going to be lots of games. I'm really looking forward to talking about this game. I can't talk about. Um, so yeah, that that will be good. And uh, lots of other things. I've been your host, Richard. I didn't really go to you, but thanks for being here today, man. Thanks for that, dude. I love you. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. Um, Twitter's. I'm at DIY. He's at Colonel Red. Joel and Mark don't know what Twitter is. Um, you can find us at. Facebook on Twitter. You can find us at uh, Facebook. At, what did I just say? You can find <laughs> us at, on Facebook at BXB Games. You can find us at, on Twitter at BXB Games. You can find us on YouTube, BXB Games. You can find us on the website. Please head over to the website, www.bxbgames.co.uk, in which I'm getting a slow hand clap for Mark while I do this. This is great. In which you can see all our reviews, written, video, and God knows what else. Maybe, I don't know, smoke signals. Um, so that's the end of it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.